Mr. Chair, members of the commission, we're now live. Good evening and welcome to the January 10, 2024 meeting of the Montgomery County Historic Preservation Commission. My name is Bob Sutton. I'm the chair and I would like for commissioners and staff to introduce themselves starting on my left. Michael Galway. Karen Burdett. Julie Pelletier. Jeffrey Haynes. Christina Arado. Mark Dominiani. Dan Brukert, Historic Preservation Staff. Rebecca Ballow, Historic Preservation Staff. Chris Berger, Historic Preservation Staff. Thank you. Uh, we will now hear, um, we will now listen to historic area work permits. Have they been uh, duly advertised? Yes, Chair Sutton, they were advertised in the December 27th edition of the Washington Times. Thank you. If anyone is here to testify on any of the cases that we have, uh, and you have not done so already, if you could inform staff that you would like to speak one way or another on one of these cases, let them know like now. <laughs> we would appreciate it. The first thing we will do, though, is we will hear cases that um, we believe can be expedited. And um, we will start with, uh, on the agenda, item number 1A, at 40, um, 7403 Baltimore Avenue, Tacoma Park. Case number 1B at 28 High Street, Brookville. Case number 1D at 10922 Montrose Avenue, Garrett Park. Case number 1E at 7006 Carroll Avenue, Tacoma Park. Case number 1F at 7216 Maple Avenue, Tacoma Park. Case number 1G at 8529 Georgia Avenue, Silver Spring. Case number 1H at 23515 Frederick Road, um, Spring, Springtown Road in Clarksburg. Case number 1I at 8940 Jones Mill Road, Chevy Chase and case number 1J at 10304 Kensington Parkway, Kensington. Chair Sutton, yes. this is Rebecca Ballow for the record. I just want to note that case 1H has been deferred to the next available agenda. Okay. And that case 1A2 has been pulled for discussion, but 1A1 may remain on the expedited agenda. I just want to make sure the board pulls those two those two cases out in your motion, that 1A1 goes forward on the expedited agenda. Thank you. Uh, you, you got that? Yes. Okay. Uh, Chair Sutton, hearing no objections, I move that we approve the following historic area work permits in accordance with the staff reports based upon the record before us and in consideration of the recommendations of the local advisory panels, including any conditions recommended by staff. Starting with hop number 1051101 at 7403 Baltimore Avenue, Tacoma Park. Hop number 1051303 at 28 High Street, Brookville. Hop number 1047944 at 10922 Montrose Avenue, Garrett Park. Hop number 1052543 at 7006 Carroll Avenue, Tacoma Park. Hop number 1053779 at 7216 Maple Avenue, Tacoma Park. 
hop number 1053885 at 8529 Georgia Avenue, Silver Spring. Hop number 1053903 at 8940 Jones Mill Road, Chevy Chase. Hop number 101625, a revision at 10304 Kensington Parkway, Kensington. Is there a second? It's Commissioner Haynes, I'll second. Thank you. All in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Defer, or um, <laughs> I'll think of it here in a minute. Abstain. Thank you. These pass um, eight to zero. We appreciate the work you did to put these cases together. Uh, we will now move to our hearings. Um, we are going to hear one um, 1A2 at 7403 Baltimore Avenue, Tacoma Park. Is there a staff presentation? Yes, there is. Good evening. For the record, my name is Chris Berger. This is Historic Area Work Permit 1053854 at 7403 Baltimore Avenue in Tacoma Park. It is a retroactive review of fencing that was installed on the property. The subject property is a contributing resource to the T Tacoma Park Historic District and was constructed circa 1933. The applicant received a fence permit from the Department of Permitting Services in 2018, but they did not receive a hop for the fencing. Staff noticed a lack of hop when reviewing the plans for HAWP number 1051101 for the HVAC condenser, which you just approved as part of your consent agenda. The relevant guidelines are, or the re relevant regulations are the Tacoma Park Design Guidelines, Chapter 24A, and the Secretary of the Interior Standards. The applicant seeks retroactive review for the wood and wire fence in the front yard, and I'll point that out here. It's this segment here, and then a segment that goes along the side of the house. The chain link fence in the rear yard, so there's a segment here, and then a along this property line and over here. And then there's a segment of chain link fence with deer fencing that has metal and plastic mesh extenders on top. And that is this section here along this property line. Um, I'll note th that this site plan is updated from the plan that was included in the staff report. The plan you, you see here labels that um, section of fence that has the extenders on top. So first here is the wood and wire fencing. It's five feet tall with pressure treated wood frame and wire infill. Um, on the left you see the gate and, and here's the segment that goes from the chain link fencing to the property next door. And here's another view of that wood and wire fencing with detail of the vinyl um, caps that are on the posts. So as for staff's findings on the wood and wire fence, staff is supportive. Um, there are other examples of similar fencing in the neighborhood, including up the block at 7438 Baltimore Avenue. The uh, segment of this fencing is at its closest 40 feet from the right of way. So it's visible, but not very prominent. The wire infill helps toward that discrete appearance. 
The property also slopes in the side yard where the fence is located to make it less uh, conspicuous from the street. The fence posts and railings are wood, so that's a compatible material, but as noted, the fence tops are vinyl. So staff would like those replaced with wood to match the, um, to meet the code section referenced here, section 24A, 8B2. Moving on to the chain link fence in the rear yard, it's six feet tall and painted black. In the left photo, I was facing toward the front of the property, so there's parking pads, and this is Baltimore Avenue in the, in the background. Um, the, the photo on the right is the back corner of the property. So staff's findings on the chain link fence were supportive. This segment of fencing is at its closest 100 feet from the right of way, so it's very minimally visible to passers-by. It also has an open design and that helps further uh, blend in, and it's on a downslope as well. The HBC did approve a chain link fence on the property next door three years ago at 7407 Baltimore Avenue, so there is precedent for this type of fencing, as we'll see in the next photo here. So this is the um, chain link fence with the extenders on top, and it's hard to see the extenders, but it's these metal bars here, and then there's mesh in between them. Um, the chain link fence, again, measures six feet tall, and then with the extenders, that's an additional two feet, two inches to make the fence total eight feet, two inches tall. And I'll note that this segment of chain link fence, um, over here in this photo, you can, you can see that there's another chain link fence. That's the property I referenced before next door that was approved by the HPC. That's eight feet tall. So, um, you know, there is precedent for a taller fence in this location. It's not visible from the street and not seen from the right-of-way, as I mentioned, and staff is supportive of the chain link fence with extenders. So as for the recommendations, we have these two conditions that were in the staff report. The first, seeking replacement of the vinyl fence post caps, and the second, providing more information on the extenders. The applicant has provided staff with the information it needs to satisfy the second condition. And as for the first condition about the, um, the caps on the posts, they provided a link to these aluminum posts instead of wood um, to meet the condition. Staff is okay with this aluminum fencing because it, metal is a compatible material for the other historic features on the property. Are there any questions? Any questions for staff? Commissioner Pelletier. Thank you. Um, you were saying that there, there's other fence like this wood and wire fence in the neighborhood. Was that, did that go through a hop and it was approved? I, I think it's been there so long that it may predate the historic district. Um, yeah, because it, it's it, Google Street View photos, I believe, go back to 2007. It was there, and it looked well-aged in that photo. Okay. So I think it's an ancient fence that's been there quite a while. So is that is that a reason? Is that a precedent? If it if, if it wasn't something that we approved, not we, but the commission approved way back when, should we be using it as a precedent for? another for a contributing resource in the neighborhood this is Rebecca Ballow for the record I think it's a very fair question you know it I I think you could come down either way on this we don't 
you know, just because there is a precedent for something or something was put up before the district, if it is fundamentally incompatible, we won't recommend approval of it as compatible just because it happened to be there for several decades. You know, the, the longevity of a feature does not confer upon it compatibility. But that said, one of the other features of the Tacoma Park District is its eclecticism, both in the architecture and in a lot of the, the yard features and the fences themselves often seem to reflect that. There is just a wide variety of fence types. Not that all of those are appropriate either, right. but staff felt in this instance, and again, it's kind of a close call that, that this is an appropriate fence type. Okay, thanks. Any other questions for staff? Okay. Commissioner Burdett. So continuing with this uh, train of thought, um, because it's such an eclectic area for fencing, what would be the preferred or ideal fence type if there is one, or is there no preferred fence type in this type of situation? I would say that there is um, a preponderance of just picket fences within the front yard, you know, gothic pickets and other picket types. Um, you don't see, for example, a lot of the... Um, you know, some of the fencing you might see in, in Greenwich Forest or some of the other districts that are just, you know, one one vertical element and then just three horizontal pieces with the, with the wire mesh behind it um, that have a lot more transparency, though that might be considered appropriate as well. Yeah, I would say the preponderance is just picket, picket fencing, board on board in the rear yards or at corners or along, you know, Carroll Avenue where there's a lot of traffic or, you know, con noise conditions or things like that. And, and then some chain link fencing still around. But again, it's like you said, there's just a wide variety of fencing types across Tacoma Park. Yes, I think that's fair. As opposed to, for example, um, the Chevy Chase Village Historic District along Connecticut Avenue or other places in Chevy Chase, a lot of their fences feature stone. Mm -hmm. Not that there aren't, you know, stones or other river rock fences in Tacoma Park, but I might say in Chevy Chase Village, the fences have a more grand air or appearance to them, or they have large gate features, you know, that really match the mm -hmm. architecture of that district as a planned residential suburb. As opposed to Tacoma Park, which is more laid back. Exactly. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Any other questions for staff? If not, I would invite the, I believe, owner, Pamela Kukos, to come forward. I hope I pronounced your name correctly. And if you could uh, turn on your mic there in front of you and um, start by introducing yourself for the record. Um, you can test, have to do a testimony. Uh, you will have seven minutes if you choose to use it. Or you can answer questions, whatever you prefer. But either way, you will have seven minutes. Okay. Thank you, Chair Sutton. I'm Pam Kukas. I am one of the homeowners at 7403 Baltimore Avenue in Tacoma Park. Um, I'm, I'm really mostly here to answer questions. Um, I had also made a request for the modification of using metal fence toppers to replace the vinyl instead of wood. Um, and I wanted to just note that that's because we cannot locate pressure-treated pine. And so if we put unpressure-treated pine on top, it's just going to deteriorate and look pretty bad in a few years. So we um, would prefer to be able to put metal on, on top of those posts. But otherwise, we're very much in accordance with all the requests from staff. And I also want to appreciate um, Chris being very responsive to emails and questions and generally quite helpful. But 
Um, I don't have anything else to say um, other than we would like you to approve this, um, but I am happy to answer questions. Are there any questions for Ms. Ms. Kukos? If not, <laughs> I would welcome either discussion or a motion. Or both. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Mr. Chair, I move that the Historic Preservation Commission uh, approve HOP number 1051101 at 7403 Baltimore Avenue, Tacoma Park. Uh, based on the two conditions stated in the report. Oh, my apologies. It's hop number 1053854, again at 7403 Baltimore Avenue, Tacoma Park. Uh, and can, based on the conditions stated in the staff report, uh, that satisfy chapter 24A, 8B, 1, 2, and D as well as the Secretary of Standards 2, 9, and 10. Is there a second? Um, well, uh, I would like to make a friendly amendment that we include approving the metal caps in lieu of the plastic caps. Do you accept the... You accept or the wood, the wood, yeah, the wood. I accept. Okay, thank you. So would you like to? Yeah. Um, I second the motion. All in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain. No. I'm sorry? No. We have. How do I say it? Nay. Uh, well, you can say either way, any way you want. So we have, uh, okay, let's, let's do this again. I'm, I'm going to actually do a roll call so that we don't mess it up here. Starting on my left, if you could, if you could uh, vote starting on my left. Yay. 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 Nay. Nay. Sorry. Yay. Yay. Any abstain? No? Okay. Um, this, is this is Chair Sutton. I vote yes, as well, yay as well. So the vote is seven to one, approving this project. Thank you very much for, for bringing it to us. Okay. The next case we will hear is one zero. 212 Montgomery Avenue in Kensington. Is there a staff report? Uh, there is, Mr. Chair. Please wait one second for me to get this up. So this evening's staff report for 10212 Montgomery Avenue is actually a revision to a previously approved hop. Um, and that hop number was 1032588. Uh, again, this is uh, Warner Manor or Warner Mansion or Circle Manor. It sort of goes by a number of different terms. Um, again, the, the house was constructed circa 1890 with a circa 1910 carriage house. Um, it's a primary one resource to the Kensington Historic District. Um, again, this is uh, in for a comprehensive rehabilitation partial demolition, a building addition, and, and site work. The site work is actually going to be something that we see at a later date. And again, the, the purpose of this rehab is to convert the building from its abandoned use to uh, a multifamily development. So again, the standards of review are Chapter 24A8, the Kensington Master Plan Amendment, the Vision of Kensington, 
and the Secretary of the Interior's Standards for Rehabilitation. So in March 2023, the HPC held a preliminary consultation to discuss the concept, size, scale, massing of the proposed addition and other required site modifications. The HPC was encouraged by the, the work and recommended modifications and alterations. And the owner presented on June 14th for uh, a hop that the HPC approved with eight conditions. Uh, and the applicant now proposes to make some revisions to those amendments. Um, and identified 30 work items in the submitted amendment. So again, just to re-familiarize yourself with the property, this is the north elevation. This is sort of the northeast corner. This is the east elevation. This is sort of the south and the part of the west elevation. Um, this is looking up from the circle. And then we have the historic carriage house, looking at the north and east elevation, the east and south, the south, and this is the, the west elevation. So again, I'm not going to go through these item by item. Um, I'm happy to discuss whichever items that you'd like to look at. I, again, I just wanna go through a couple um, different images. Here we have uh, the current condition on the left. What was approved in the, the hop in June is in the center, and then uh, revisions on the right. For, and that's gonna be the case for all of these. So we can refer back to any of these if you'd like. Uh, the, the images on the right are the bubbled versions, so those do identify the changes that are made. Um, several changes to the rear of the carriage house. Um, there was only one change proposed uh, to the north side of the carriage house, and that was actually one of the original eight conditions for approval. So that condition's been satisfied, and um, we're not addressing that as part of that. The only modifications on the north elevation of the front of the house is the um, the new window well which will be mostly below grade and then the east elevation um, we see uh, one of the things that I want to point out is in the the hyphen here um, one of the or uh, uh, something that the applicant was con encouraged to consider was sort of regularizing the fenestration in in the hyphen piece um, so that's that's been accomplished here and then the west elevation again, we went from paired win sash windows to now we've got regularly spaced windows in there. Um, and then on the south elevation, uh, we've actually corrected a, a drafting error in the um, attic space or the rear dormer. Um, and then most of these other changes are, are fully supported by staff. So. Uh, staff finds that a majority of the revised work is consistent with the requisite guidance or satisfies a condition for approval on the original HOP. Uh, the applicant has submitted some other information that actually satisfies from some of those requirements, but because evaluating those was delegated to staff, we didn't bring those forward to the HPC this evening. So staff recommends the HPC approve the proposed revisions with eight conditions, and we'll go through those, um, and then we'll answer any questions. So. Um, the proposed revisions to the second floor of the east elevation of the carriage house are incompatible with the character of the building. Uh, it's sort of an idiosyncratic building. Uh, so no additional changes are approved for the left and right windows. However, the middle window opening may be converted to, the, the middle opening may be converted to a window, but may, must maintain the hoist and doors. The doors may be fixed in an open position and staff recommends that final approval authority to verify this condition has been satisfied is delegated to us as staff. Uh, approval of these revised work items does not extend to the proposal to remove 
The louvered opening on the third floor and converted into a window. That's work item six. This opening should be retained, though glazing may be installed behind the louvers to provide more natural light. If necessary, alternative means of egress can be accommodated uh, or need to be accommodated. Um, that can be done including a skylight on the south roof slope or other methods. Uh, revised elevations and floor plans showing this condition has been satisfied need to be submitted to staff. Um, these uh, approval of these revised work items does not extend to relocating and reconfiguring the third floor window in the east elevation, which is work item eight. Um, as with work item six, the opening size and placement need to be preserved. Uh, the details provided for work item seven do not provide enough information for staff to evaluate the work proposed. Staff therefore recommends that the approval of this hop revision not extend to the northernmost window on the second floor of the carriage house west elevation. Um, additional details need to be submitted to staff before considering the work on this window. And as far as the carriage house is concerned, no specification was included for the wood fence surrounding the AC units at the carriage house. Details for this fence must be submitted with the final permit drawings with final approval authority delegated to staff. Um, as far as number five goes, we're fully supportive of an enclosure. We just need to see what it is before we're prepared to recommend a full approval on it. Uh, additionally, uh, there were three conditions, rec three recommended conditions specific to the, um, the mansion. Uh, the proposed stone veneer on the foundation level of the addition must be reviewed and approved by staff in the field with a sample board in order to verify it will not detract from the appearance of the historic foundation prior to the issuance of the building permit. Um, a specification for all of the proposed metal railings need to be submitted to staff. Final approval authority is delegated to staff to verify the proposed railing is compatible with the character of the building and surrounding district. Um, again, that was just not included with the submission and staff fully supports a metal, simple, simple detailed metal railing in, in this location. And finally, to avoid an incompatible appearance on the east elevation where you have overlapping uh, railings, um, the mansion side porch railing needs to be consistent with the design and material of the railing on the wraparound porch I recognize the, um, the railing on the wraparound porch is actually too low to satisfy current code, so it will be, need to be enlarged a little bit on the side porch, uh, and staff recommends that final approval authority for this railing be delegated to, to us. And with that, I'll answer any questions, and we can go back to any specific work items if you'd like. Any questions for staff? Commissioner Burdett. Um, can you... Talk a little bit more about on the carriage house, the the door being converted to a window. Yeah, the, the the on that photograph there. Explain how I guess I'm I'm wondering are the louvered windows on either side of it much higher? Is the floor level for that area actually at the bottom of the door or is the floor level a little bit higher? Well, I mean, the, the approved drawing shows, shows the door cutting through that. Um, the applicants here, that may be a question that, that they need to answer. Um, it's, it's, hard to al it's hard to align them um, comparing the, the hand-drawn approved image in the center compared to the, the CAD drawing on the right, particularly because not only have all of the openings been enlarged, but they've also been relocated. So that's... Uh, not quite an apples to apples comparison. Um, regardless, one of the conditions is that the window placement be, that the left and right window placement be maintained um, and that staff would entertain 
relocating the door provided its its functional characteristics are retain, retained, and that means the doors and and the hoist above um, would need to be preserved. Would you also entertain that upper center window being reduced in size and in moved up? Well, I, I mean, I, I think our we recommended that um, I think both both of those in condition three um, does not recommend the HPC approving that that change. Thank you. And other questions for staff? Okay. If not, I would invite the owner and owner's representative. I have um, Frank Morris and Carl Bogelmeyer. If you could come forward and um, turn on the mic and introduce yourselves. Been here before, I know. Know the drill. Um, that would be great. You'll have seven minutes um, for your testimony. And um, there you go. I'm uh, Carl Vogelmeyer, the uh, future owner of the Warner Circle Mansion. Great. And I'm Frank Billion Morris, the, uh, the project architect, uh, architect of record for the project. I think I can just yeah. start going through these. Sure. Okay. I, th I think I'll begin by, I think, offering some uh, some clarity to some of these uh, questions here. We're very eager to meet with, uh, with staff on this and, and go over all these points raised. Um, the revisions, I think, first of all, that were just discussed for the carriage house east elevation, we can clarify some of the uh, discussion on that. If we can put that on the screen, I think that would be helpful. Um, first of all, the th I can start with the third floor. That opening is um, is planned to be not changed in size or location. It's the same exact location. I think the, the comment regarding the, the louver could be accommodated by uh, seizing the, the uh, suggestion to make it a louver from the outside and glazing from the inside so that there's some natural light that gets through that louver. So we're perfectly fine with that. Um, on the second floor, um, the two side windows were originally, are shown enlarged in this application. We are prepared to just keep the same size and location for those window openings and keep them windows so that would not change the existing blanking windows. For the center uh, door, we would like to move it to closer to the center to allow the two wood doors to be fully open and fixed as, uh, as suggested in the staff report. There's not quite enough for that that northern leaf or the, the leaf on the right to be fully open and, and and have space for it to be closed against the, or open against the, the wall between that and the adjacent window on the right. So we would suggest allowing some flexibility for the placement of that, but to actually replicate it in size and with the hoist and everything as is. Uh, and as a moment of, a point of clarification, the, the, the bottom of that door of that hoistway door is is actually at the floor. So the original application was incorrect to show that cutting through the door. The one, the depiction on the right shows the floor at the bottom of that door. So that's the correct location as is. Um, so I think that finishes our discussion on the east elevation comments. We can go to uh, the north. I think there is a similar issue with the, the window at the third floor there as well. 
And while we're waiting to see that, it has a louver um, as well that we would retain, that we suggest retaining that louver to maintain the, the function of the original building as a, a barn structure, because it had to be uh, ventilated at the, at the hay mow level. Um, and also to have a window behind that louvered opening as well. Again, not to change that size of that opening on the west elevation of the carriage house, leave that as is, but simply with glazing behind the louver. It might be that we can detail a, uh, a louvered panel that might be on hinges. That's something that we would love to discuss if, if that's possible to do. Um, and then finally on the west elevation where the, the three windows are located at the second floor, it is our intent to leave those three window openings exactly the same where they are now and make them French, um, French um, casement windows as opposed to the, well actually we, we are suggesting French casement windows as they are now, but to raise the sill up to where the existing sill height is. So that would be remaining unchanged, simply um, revising those with just three new windows in those existing openings. So, and we can, uh, sorry for any uh, misunderstanding on that from our part. But there you see again at the third floor, um, that, louvered op that louvered opening that's a little smaller than the one on the east that we just saw. Uh, the the idea there would be to keep that same size and location, put glazing behind it. Um, but in connection with these uh, west and east elevations to uh, seize the idea of a possible skylight on the south elevation, sloping elevation, uh, roof of the uh, carriage house, but there would need to be two of those skylight elements, one for each of the bedrooms that has these openings on the east and west elevation of the carriage house. So again, uh, we would propose to discuss with staff those skylight openings that would provide the, the code required egress from those bedrooms on the third level, as well as uh, light and ventilation uh, as required by code. And so that would make us perfectly happy to be able to, to do that to uh, comply with those code regulations. Uh, so I think that were, that is the extent of the carriage house revised work items. And the wood fence, that's, that's a simple wood fence that we would love to discuss uh, with staff for the uh, approval for that. To, to shield the, uh, the AC condenser units. Well, one of the notes is that we're trying to not have any of the um, <clears throat> compressor units visible uh, right. when you're standing at, at, at grade level, so. And absolutely agreed. Uh, we're looking forward to propose the stone veneer samples on site uh, with, with actual boards and then take photographs of those as well for, for further discussion in daylight and possibly cloudy conditions. The idea is not to replicate the large stone, large ashlar stone on the existing foundation, but to have something that's very compatible in color, mortar color, uh, so as to not be a huge contrast, but to be a subtle contrast in just the unit size. But that's something that would be subject for further review with the staff. Uh, same with the metal railings, they'll be very simple, as transparent as possible, so, to, so as to not uh, create a, a, a distraction to uh, the mansion or the, uh, you know, the other railings that are there. We absolutely agree with the idea or the concept for the second floor for the east elevation balcony at the mansion to basically replicate as much as possible the, the front porch railing with very square balusters, but simply a little bit higher to comply with code for that, for that element. Uh, 
and that's uh, an individual unit that we're talking about. Right. And it only needs to be uh, 36 inches high instead of 42 inches. The existing height of the rail uh, at the front portion of the mansion, I believe, is 27 inches. And as time goes on and we're getting into the, the main part of the permit review process, we would um, kindly request some comment from, from HPC staff for the the fact that we don't want to add any height to that existing mansion porch railing. We, we think that's a very uh, important feature that contributes to the historic nature of the mansion itself and the character of the mansion. So we would rather not have an additional rail or metal that would increase that height up to a 42-inch height as the commercial use for multifamily dwelling would require. So that's just a note that we would like to discuss later to have some, because DPS would like to see something from the historic review that gives them the, the courage to say, okay, fine, you don't need to add any more to that railing height for the porch itself, the main porch of the mansion. And I think those are the... The eight conditions. I think we've, uh, I think we've addressed the eight conditions um, in the staff report. Thank you very much. Any, are there any questions for um, Mr. Morris or Mr. Bogelmeyer? Commissioner Burdett. Um, on the carriage house elevation where the three small windows and you want to convert them to uh, casement windows, yes, those are, those there. Um, they're currently windows. Are they functional windows? Are they casement existing or are they like awning existing? I can answer that. Those three openings are French casements with no central mullion. And so that the proposal is to replace those in kind with French casements, same size, same type, same oh. same month and configuration. Okay, and then the, the louvered opening above, you said you're going to keep the same size and location? Yes. Okay, thank you. Any other questions? Um, Commissioner Pelletier. Uh, thanks. Um, you're talking about the skylights. I was trying to um, follow along. You're talking about the skylights as egress? Are they dormers or are there skylights that like open up and you jump out on the roof exactly. essentially? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And they would be necessary to, to for code and egressible requirements. <laughs> I didn't. They, okay. If they if they're compliant, that's great. I've just never yeah. seen that before. Commissioner Doman? Yes, yeah, Commissioner Doman. I guess I either I didn't see the the floor plan for the for the carriage house. Um on on the north elevation, there looks like there used to be a garage there, like three three bay garage. Is that what it was? Yes. But you could do in a way with all of that, is that correct? Those are just fake doors and you there's gonna be a room behind there? Uh, there is a room behind there. It's, it's an exercise room as it happens. Um, the three doors um, could be operable, but would just, I mean, could all be operable, but just one active leaf on the right, on the left-hand side. So at times they could be opened up, all, all three pairs, for events like, you know, a concert or something like that. Um, but the intent is just to have one active leaf at, at regular hours. 
And it, the idea is to mimic uh, garage doors, right? Yes. Old-time old garage yes. doors, right? Yes. That's okay. Thank you. And, and uh, Commissioner Doman, I just note for the record that there are no changes proposed for that that weren't already approved in, in June. So the reason there isn't a north elevation of the carriage house included in this is because the only change was the louver, which actually satisfied a condition. So um, that, that's why we didn't. Any other questions? Oh, Commissioner Domeniani. Hi there. Yeah, returning to the west elevation again, uh, the three windows we discussed uh, that are going to maintain the same size and location, it just appears to me in the drawing here uh, that, in fact, they'll, they'll be a bit larger, the windows. The sill will be a bit lower in, in total size and height that the windows will be larger. I just wanted to clarify that on the drawing versus what I heard you, you, heard you say. Just right. to, the, the drawing shall be revised to reflect what I said just now verbally, and, and, and so... I think the point is that we just don't really want to change anything on that elevation. So um, that'll be revised to reflect the comments. Thank you. I just wanted to clarify. Commissioner Burdett. Well, first of all, has anybody else before Commissioner Burdett? Okay. I, Commissioner Burdett. I just have a question, I guess, for staff before we move forward. Um, but if we approve all of this, it will be on your responsibility to assure that the work, the promises being made to us are going to be represented in the, in revised drawings? Yes, the, the final permit drawings haven't been reviewed and submitted yet because they're still waiting on this, how the HPC will, will rule on this. Um, so there are a couple of different ways that, that you can treat this. One is to take uh, the information that the applicant and the architect have presented as an amendment to the application, um, which may make it a little more difficult to work through um, a motion. Um, however, their descriptions also have satisfied a number of the enumerated conditions. Um, and the way those conditions were worded in such a way is it delegates to staff final approval authority to verify that those conditions have been satisfied. So if you were to approve it with the conditions, which the applicants have agreed to adhere to, um, those conditions would just be reflected in the final permit submission. And of the comments that have been made clarifying some of this, if any of the, since the comments will go on the record, if there's any slight variation between what we are wanting in our comments versus what is being clarified, will you, keep an eye on that as well yes absolutely okay. then we just need to approve this with the conditions um, I, I just I want to remind you that the uh, the applicant requested um, potentially uh, that the HPC could opine on the record uh, the positive attributes of preserving a non-compliant railing on the the north elevation of the the mansion house Commissioner Pelletier. Thanks. What's the drop there at the porch? It's le less than 36 inches. It's less than 36. Yeah. And the, Just and, slightly less. And the height of the railing is 27? 27 inches. Okay. Hmm. Can you bring up the dirt a little? Uh, that's an excellent question, and in, in all probability we can. Uh, you know, bank uh, the 
Cause the dirt up towards the foundation. Isn't the code 30? You there, don't there need a be, railing? There will be uh, foundation bushes and such mm -hmm. below there. Uh, currently, they're much taller than uh, they probably will be when we're finished. But uh, is the point. I'm just curious, uh, for staff, is bringing up the grade, so, like a historic faux pas for mm -hmm. Well, I mean, the HPC should should be required to review and approve any regrading. However, it seems as though DPS is receptive. Um, there is a provision in code that allows historic preservation to trump building codes in some instances, and they seem right. receptive to this being one of those instances where um, provided HPC's encouragement or requirement or um, that that we could send we as staff could send a letter on behalf of the HPC to accompany their, uh, their permit application to DPS and, and that they would be amenable to that. Okay. Um, I had one other question about the, the window muttons. Muttons? Mullions. Muttons. Um, I noticed in, the, you know, in your new submission, you've gotten rid of quite a lot of the light divisions on the upper windows. <coughs> Is that something that that staff needs to rule on? Do we have a say in that? Um, just based on what was approved versus what's been resubmitted, some of the light divisions went away on the main house. One, one note is on some of these elevations, there are nine different types of windows um, that we have inherited. And um, we believe that the, um, the windows will, in all probability, be two lights over two one over light one. to give it a consistent look. Is that true mainly, Bill? I would say yes. And in fact, the, dis the, <coughs> the suggestion came from, from staff uh, for the prior um, hearing. And, and, and in that commentary with staff and, and our team, it was suggested that even one over one could be OK because of the many different types. We're okay with doing anything. But, okay. So that was where that came from. Okay, I was just curious if it was a discussion at all. Um, one, one other note is that the windows uh, on the mansion are full wood windows. We're uh, salvaging uh, and rehabilitating all of the windows in the historic lobby uh, as well. And um, you know, to kind of make sure that these windows don't rot quickly and so forth, we're using a specialized wood um, that uh, prevents rot, uh, which you know we're encouraged to, to to install. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Any other questions? Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, with that, um, is there any discussion on this project, or are we ready for a motion? Um, I just want to work through the idea that we would be sending a letter to DPS about the railing height, and that would be going against code. I mean, if we can phrase this in a way that we would be amenable to a railing at a lower height than code requires for, you know, to preserve the historic nature, character of the porch, 
but I don't think we should be asking to violate code. So it's it's the it's the word smithing. Yes, sir. If I may jump in, um, again, you're not asking DPS to do any. You're you're what you're asking DPS to do is to retain the historic size, uh, materials, and architectural character of an existing feature. So you're not asking them to deviate from anything. You're, you're wearing your HPC hat, not your architect hat, and you're saying this is an important historical feature that we think needs to be preserved, and DPS will evaluate um, how that comports with code, uh, given the, the opt-out provision that sort of an escape hatch uh, that exists when, when everybody feels that it's the right thing to do. So we would just um, approve this hop with the conditions from you all, from staff, excuse me. Um, I'm thinking this through, okay. We would approve this hop with the conditions as presented by staff um, with the commentary in today's hearing from the commissioners and from the applicant and just get all of that out of the way. And then as far as the railing goes, we will ask staff to draft a letter to it, DPS. If that's how you decide to go, yes. That would, be, that would be an appropriate procedure to do that should the majority of the HBC agree to that. Okay. Um, is there anybody opposed to that? No, make, I would I, make the motion. I would, I would suggest, oh, yes, you may ask a question, absolutely. I think I missed this. Is the railing replaced? Is there any of the original railing there? Is it getting restored? Is it, or are you just putting in a new replica of what's falling apart. The existing railing will remain, it will be repaired as required, but it's, it's intended to be uh, preserved. Oh, okay. Okay, that's a different animal. Okay, thank you. Uh, what I would recommend is that you make a motion, um, and if it is seconded, um, we, can, we can actually discuss the motion should you choose should you welcome that, or we can go ahead and um, have a motion and a second and vote on it, which, whichever you prefer? Well, let me take a stab at this. Okay, thank okay. you. I move that the Historic Preservation Commission, in accordance with the standards set forth in Section 24A of the Montgomery County Code, approve HOP number 1032588 at 10212 Montgomery Avenue, Kensington, or located in the Historic District of Kensington Park. Um, I hereby adopt the rationale stated in the staff report with their conditions, including um, the, the discussion with the commissioners and the applicant. And additionally, the condition that the staff prepare a letter uh, to DPS regarding the existing railing to be preserved that the HPC would, would ask the DPS to preserve the historic railing uh, feature 
and retain its size and character. Thank you. Is there a second? This is Commissioner Haynes. Commissioner Haynes seconds. Is there any discussion before we take a vote? Commissioner Galway. Yes, this is Commissioner Galway. The only thing that I would like some clarification on is, is the uh, staff discussion item number nine where we talked about op leaving the, the barn doors in their open position and, and you, uh, the owner mentioned that that would not be possible given the distance between those existing doors and that window. Um, I would be more in favor of, of, of adding a, a footnote here that it, it would, I'm, not, I'm not interested in seeing it centered as it was shown in the sketch, but rather moved slightly, uh, remaining, remaining off center, if you will, um, so that it could be opened. In other words, that opening may have to shift a little bit, and I think I, I could see that happening, but just enough in order to clear the existing window open and allow those doors to remain permanently open. So are you making, are you making a recommendation that we, that we modify the motion with that? If we approve the motion as it states in number nine, it's not clear. It, what, what we're recommending in our item number nine, the staff item nine, technically can't occur because there's not enough room for those doors to remain open. So uh, maybe that's a detail that we can work out. Yeah, well, would the commission, I'm sorry, this I, is- Well, I, I just was gonna ask, um, would you be willing uh, to state that the applicant would work with staff for a solution for those doors. Absolutely, yes. Okay, now would you accept an amendment to your motion on number nine that we leave the, the uh, what would you call those, barn doors? Barn. Uh, um, the doors with the, with the hoist, hoist um, that we leave that, that solution to staff? I would accept. Would this, the second, would you accept that as well? I accept. Okay, thank you. Now, did you have something to add? Okay. Now, <laughs> with that, all in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Any opposed? Any abstain? Thank you very much, and thank you. We are really, I personally, I'm very, very excited about this project. I think it's wonderful. So thank you so much. Great. Thank you. Um, the next item on the agenda is item number 2A, which is a preliminary consultation at 10221 Menlo Avenue in Silver Spring, which is part of the Capitol View Park Historic District. Is there a staff report? Uh, yes, there is, Mr. Chair. So the property at 10221 Menlo Avenue is identified in the Capitol View Park Historic District Amendment as being associated with the 1870 to 1916 period. Um, the HPC approved a house demolition on June 12, 2019 after it was condemned by the Department of Housing and Community Affairs. I have some photos for you. Um, so this, this proposal should be reviewed under Chapter 24A the Secretary of the Interior's Standards for Rehabilitation, and the approved and adopted Master Plan Amendment for Capitol View Park. 
So the lot is at the northern edge of the historic district. Um, immediately to the south is a 2006 infill house that was approved by the HPC in 2005. To the north is the Capitol View Homewood Local Park. Uh, and then the properties to the east and the west are outside of the historic district. So this is the northeasternmost edge of the historic district. Uh, this was four years before the HPC approved the demolition. So the house that was there had fallen into significant disrepair. Um, it was falling in on itself before the HPC approved its demolition. But you can see it was a side gable vernacular house set back. Um, and the applicant proposes to construct a single family house on the lot. Uh, unfortunately, the photos don't do justice to how, quite how steeply the lot slopes away from, from uh, Menlo Avenue but I think we have some, some other ones that might help. So again, uh, to the right is at least half of the house that was constructed in 2006. Um, so this is looking from the entrance, the, the photo in the upper left is looking from the entrance to the park down to the subject property with the infill house immediately to the south. Uh, the lot had staked out um, the, the, ho the house location. And then just to, to give you some renderings of, of the house that were provided by the applicant, uh, the construction was described as sort of three parts or three phases. There is the carriage house at the front, there is the main house which slopes to the rear, and then there is the, um, um, the, uh, the rear yard, I'm, I'm forgetting the exact word, but there's a, a rear yard in the, in the back. Uh, you can see from the aerial, the carriage house is here, there are two pieces that connect to the main house, which sort of slopes along with the, uh, the slope away from the road. And then there's the enclosed yard at the rear. There is a, a creek that runs here. Um, that creek runs into uh, the lot at the end of the block at 10201 Menlo, which we saw for infill construction several times several years ago. Uh, again, and this is just a, an aerial of, of the lot. So from the elevation, um, it's 18 feet, five and a quarter inches to the principal ridge. Uh, I'm calling this piece a monitor, but if the applicant has a more specific term that they've used to describe it, its height is, is 21 feet, five and a half inches. Uh, you can see the lot slopes down significantly from the right of way. Uh, and uh, the openings on both of these are, are just punched openings in single light. So, um, the house is 33 feet wide on a 50-foot lot. It is set back 15 feet from the public right-of-way. Uh, you can see the breakdown of the depth of each of the individual pieces. And then we've got floor plans here. So this is the, the ground floor plan with the one-bay garage on the right side, um, what they've identified as a gathering space on the left. And then it flows towards the rear and then down as the, uh, the lot slopes away from grade. So staff finds that the side gable form of the carriage house is consistent with the forms and styles found throughout the district. Uh, staff finds that the proposed dimensions will not overwhelm the other houses along Menlo Ave, but recommends that a streetscape study be provided with either a second preliminary consultation or the HOP application. Um, staff finds that the slope of the shed dormer is uh, to be Staff finds the slope of the shed dormer to be quite low and recommends raising the pitch of the principal gable and the dormer uh, for a more compatible form. Uh, staff additionally finds the monitor to be out of character and recommends its removal. Skylights could be installed in that roof as well, which would provide an equal amount of natural light. 
Staff finds that the main house's setback, coupled with its lower roof height, will limit its visibility from the public right-of-way and finds that the house form, which follows uh, the main house's form, which follows the site slope, will not overwhelm or detract from the surrounding district. Staff finds the proposed backyard will not be at all visible from the right-of-way, both because of the lot slope and because it's located directly behind the main house. However, uh, as outlined in the staff report, staff is concerned about the overall impact of the hardscape the hardscape backyard will have on the total lot coverage and its proximity to the creek on the eastern side of the lot. Uh, staff finds that, con that the contemporary design will not detract from the character of the district and finds that 24A8C and standards 9 and 10 do not limit construction to any one style or period and instead require the new construction to be compatible with the size, scale, massing, and materials of the surrounding district. Staff additionally finds that Chapter 24A8D requires a lenient review for new construction unless the proposal would seriously impair the character of the district. So staff requests feedback specifically related to the carriage house on the appropriateness of its form, size, placement, and encourages the HPC to provide any design revisions. As far as the main house is concerned, staff requests the HPC provide feedback on the overall impact of the main house form and massing comments on the main house design, um, potentially appropriate materials for the construction, and any other recommended revisions or comments. And then as far as the grounds are concerned, which includes both the front yard and the backyard, staff requests the HPC provide feedback on the appropriateness of the size of the backyard, uh, the identified materials, which are primarily sewn, uh, the overall impact of the yard to the site, and any other feedback related to the amount of impervious surface on the site. So moving forward, staff additionally has a list of um, requested information that the applicants submit, either as a second preliminary consultation or as a hop, which includes, again, a streetscape study along Menlo Avenue, uh, total lot coverage calculation, a list of proposed materials and or specifications, including siding, windows, roofing, and fencing, um, and again, as it relates to um, the encroachment on the creek and or total lot coverage, um, that's a, a question for the Department of Permitting Services, so a, potentially a preliminary review from them could also be helpful. And with that, I will answer any questions from the commissioners. Any questions for staff? Mm -hmm. Commissioner Doman. Uh, yes, this is Commissioner Doman. Uh, looking down the street, um, how would you describe the average architecture uh, of what we're, I, what we're looking at? I drove down there and it looked like it was a wide mix, and I guess that might be the best discussion, but how would you describe it? So uh, eclectic, I think, is probably the most appropriate. I mean, uh, just so these are sort of at the end that I've included for additional context. So here we have um, historic L-shaped house. Um, it's very vernacular, but it has some shingle detailing and, and some um, next to a 1935 Cape Cod, which is actually outside the period of significance for the district. Two doors down, we see a large parking pad in front of a 1980s Victorian-inspired house. Um, was not able to find the original hop for that. And then, you know, again, moving down, here's another... Uh, sort of vernacular house that's been added to and altered throughout its history. This is the large 2006 infill, and then we have the subject lot beyond there. Um, and then again, another Cape Cod and 
another sort of 1890s house. So it's, it really is a very eclectic lot. Across the street, we have a collection. I mean, again, this is outside of the historic district. But just for additional context, we have a series of uh, very modest scaled Cape Cods um, that were all constructed in early 40s that were all determined to not contribute when the district was evaluated in the mid-1980s before it was established. Do we also have, or have you noticed the particular type of siding? Are we looking at homes with vinyl siding on them or just a wide mix of a little bit of everything, I guess? So, I mean, it's, it's mostly clappered and hardy, and then some of the buildings from, I think, the 80s do have uh, vinyl siding on them. Um, this is Commissioner Burdett. So remind me again, when was Capitol View Historic District created? It was 1983. 1983. One of the early guys. One of the early guys, okay. Um, but so some of the siding we're seeing, at least the aluminum or, or if there's any of that out there, that would have predated or it's all on the newer property. I mean, potentially the house that you're looking at in the lower right-hand corner, um, I believe that's vinyl. Uh, you see that the chimney there is also wrapped in siding. Um, that, that house is a, a late 80s house. It's, it, I think it was one of the earlier hops that was considered for the district. Um, so I, I think that that iteration of the HPC determined that that was an appropriate siding. But again, I mean, if you go beyond Menlo, you see shingle, you see asbestos siding, you see just about everything under the sun. I, I mean, again, the, the reason that the Capital View District was designated in the first place was that it was an eclectic collection of all of the late Victorian and early 20th century revival styles um, that sort of grew up because of, of the nearby railroad station. So... Um, you know, they're very much, the district is, is not tied to one specific style um, or, or time. They actually look at about four or five decades for its development and sort of, um, you know, we've got one of those, we've got three of those, we've got two of those um, all along the way. So it, it really is, um, you know, I used the word eclectic before, and I think that's really the, the key word for the district. Um, in regards to a carriage house feature, mm -hmm. because are there any existing properties in the Capitol View Historic District that would have a carriage house anywhere on the property, much less at the front of the property? Um, and I'm kind of excluding the modern infill houses with their big garages right up front. So off of uh, Capital View Ave, there is at least one of the grander 1890s houses that, that do have what I would consider a carriage house on the property. Excuse me. Um, I think in this, I, I only use the word carriage house because that's how it's referred to in the application. It does have a vehicular opening here, um, but primarily I see this as sort of a side gable form um, I look at the form more more than the utility of of the space, and only use the the vocabulary of the the application. 
So, you know, when, when I was considering the compatibility of this, I looked primarily at the form and, and the elements of it. Um, again, owning to sort of that lenient review as required in 24A8D. Thank you. Any other questions for staff? If not, I would invite the owner, owner's representative to come forward. Um, the name I have here is Noah Gear. And if you could introduce yourself, and I see that there's someone else with you. If you both introduce yourselves, that would be, for the record, that would be great. And you'll have seven minutes to do a presentation. And Mr. Chair, just before they begin, if there are any images you'd like me to refer to as you speak, please let me know. I'm happy to pull them up. Uh, my name is Noah Gear. And my name is Kenneth Gear. I'm the owner. Um, so good evening and hello to everyone. Um, I just wanted to introduce myself. I'm the son of Ken Gear, who's the property owner, um, and I am the architectural designer on this project. Um, I'm a recent graduate from Cornell University in 2021, where I received my architecture degree and have spent the last three years working as an architectural designer. Um, before all that, I'm a local kid. I went to Bullis and Landon School in the area, so this has been my home. Um, I just want to add some more personal context to design. Um, first, being able to design this house for my father is a very exciting project. And, um, you know, it's my goal to create a space that he feels comfortable in, that honors his daily routines, and a space that he feels safe and happy in. Um, in addition, the historical context adds an extra importance to us. Um, this plot of land was where Webster Sewell lived. He was the only black doctor in Montgomery County during the 1950s and 1960s. And we want to honor that history and celebrate his legacy, considering what it meant for him to live in this area in a time when diversity within neighborhoods was uncommon. Um, we thought about adding a plaque um, with a brief history of Dr. Sewell to the front of the house. Um, and then just diving into the design, um, the front structure that is viewed by the neighborhood is inspired by a 1912 carriage house. Um, like it was mentioned, um, it's not necessarily a true carriage house because uh, you know I took that design and modified it, its form, its materials and layout to better fit the aesthetic of the neighborhood. Um, Lastly, I think I just want to touch on our commitment to sustainability in this design. Um, using high-grade insulation, incorporating solar panels, we want to have this house be as close to net zero as possible. Um, I guess one more thing I'll touch on is, you know, the intense slope of the site um, requires for consideration of water drainage. Um, on the right side, of the house, we've incorporated a drainage system um, next to the exterior stairs. And on the left side, we intend to incorporate a rain garden, which would be a collection of specific plants that help with drainage. And I guess the idea is that, you know, we would collect all this water and have it flow into the stream, which is at the bottom of the site. Um, that's all, and I, I'm happy to answer questions if 
Dad, do you have anything else to add? No, that was good. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Are there questions for Mr. Gear? Correct, Mr. Gear? Yes. <laughs> gear and Gear. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Commissioner Doman. No, before, actually, before that, I'd just like to make a little comment. This is one of the services that I think, I don't know if our commission is unique. Uh, it might be in that we um, offer our suggestions for what we think will make a very good project and something that we can approve. Now, you're not required to, to take all the suggestions we make. Um, they, they are suggestions, but generally it's not a bad idea to listen to what we have. We have some very, very capable people on this commission that I think can be very, very helpful. And with that, I will now have Commissioner Doman ask this question. Thank you, Mr. Commissioner Doman. Um, I assume you walked down the street and looked at all the houses that are out there. Yes. And I think size-wise, maybe the topic was the massing of it. I think you're not too tall, not too wide. I know you have a very narrow lot to work with. I did drive by it, take a look at the property. And it's really a challenge. I, I believe you must drop, what, 20 feet or something like that from yeah. the road down to the, down to the stream in the back. It's quite a challenge you have. My one question would be, and this is a little bit off of historic design criteria, but you've taken a lot into consideration about the insulation, the solar collectors, you said. How about aging in place? Have you, you have a lot of stairs in this, and I'm a little bit off on the tangent here because it's an architectural issue, but you have a lot of elevation, and aging in place is also a criteria you may want to consider. Uh, in your design, how you can handle that. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Um, my dad has had two knee replacements <laughs> and he's getting older. So that's definitely something we're considering. Um, we've discussed um, something like a chairlift on the side where all the exterior stairs run. Um, and in the plans, uh, there's the potential to modify the first floor um, where the living space is to potentially have a uh, pull-out couch or transform that dining space into a bedroom um, so that if necessary, uh, he wouldn't have to go down flights of stairs to get to his main living space. We, we've also talked of the stairs, putting a lift. I actually have a 90-year-old father who's still alive and uh, I hope to have him come and see this and we put a lift that would go all the way down to the bottom floor um, and just in planning uh, it's, a, it's a good space for that yep. Commissioner Pelletier uh, thanks you talked about the solar panels um, I'm looking at the rendering I don't know if you want to bring the rendering up Dan that shows the roof are, are they on here? Like, are you doing a Tesla roof or something? Or where are you planning on putting those? So they're not currently included in the drawings. That's an additional study that I'll have to do. Um, okay. Ideally, they would go just above that large group of windows um, in this drawing. Um, there and also... Like up? Up, yeah. Yeah, Over exactly. There. Right there, okay. That's, okay. Yeah. So they're just... They're not in yet. There's, no, but okay. there's roof space where they could go. Right. Okay. Thanks, Commissioner Burdett. Um, have you checked with 
the county as far as a watershed area or a setback that you're required from the spring? It, on your drawing, it's looking very close, and I just didn't know if there actually was a requirement or anything. We did check. That close wasn't wasn't a, a big concern. Okay. All right. Um, thank you. Questions? Commissioner Haynes? Oh, thank you. Um, so just briefly to sort of understand the different levels, uh, you come in the front door and then you go up steps to what is called the front porch and that's an open space, outdoor space. And then you actually enter the main house, uh, what appears to be the living room, kitchen area. And the, the uh, major, sort of the orientation, at least from view's point of view, is to the side yard, if I'm reading your plan correctly. Um, and what is the thought behind the interior patio? Is that interior patio on the same level as the living room kitchen, or is that down a level? Um, yeah, so just to clarify, um, when you come in, if we're, if we're looking at the carriage house, when you come in, you walk down steps to the front porch, and then the entire house is centered around this interior patio. So from the site plan view, you saw that large collection of windows, and that interior patio space is um, two stories high, so the entire center is uh, glass windows, so you're able to look into this space from practically every room in the house. Um, and the idea is that um, it would let all of the southern light into the house and kind of pour light into the kitchen, into the master bedroom, and it's kind of this center focus for all of the living spaces. Um, obviously, we will add shades and be able to control when we want the sunlight, um, but it is kind of the centerpiece and main focus of, of the house. Uh, orient, orient me which way is north on the plan? Uh, north would be, if you're looking at it this way, up and to the right, so kind of top right corner of the, or top left corner of this, of this page. Southern is towards the bottom of the plan. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. The questions? Well, hang on. <laughs> There's another question from Mr. Haynes. <laughs> uh, sorry, just let me get back to your floor plans for a moment. Um, and so you, you go down <clears throat> from the carriage house to the main floor level, and then you traverse down again to get to the, uh, what I guess is the master bedroom suite uh, that opens out to the, the deck. Um, so I guess uh, uh, the from a planning point of view, you've sort of oriented the house, part of the main living, towards the uh, side yard, what I guess is mostly woods on that uh, part of the lot or beyond that, that part of the lot. And then the creek side is really oriented more towards uh, the, the bedroom. Uh, the bedroom's oriented more towards that outside creek um, view. Is, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And I, I know that might have been a response to the slope of the site, but um, um, 
did you think about, well, the main living space is oriented towards the, the creek side versus the far side? I, I have to say I have not been to the site, so maybe the far side is, is the better view than the creek side. But it seems like your property extends beyond the creek. Am I reading that right? That's, that's correct, yes. I just wanted to get your thoughts about, about the orientation of the, the major rooms versus the bedrooms. Right. So it's also a consideration of privacy. Um, the house next to it um, is pretty close, and it was kind of a, a design decision to add smaller windows on that side and kind of honor the nature that already exists on the site. Um, there's a wall of bamboo and large trees on the other side that kind of creates a, a natural beautiful scenery to look at. Um, so kind of just appreciating what's already there and being strategic about, you know, how much visibility we wanted into the house from the side um, closer to the neighboring house. Thank you. Uh, before I go to you, Commissioner Doman, let me just see if anybody else has a question. Okay, Commissioner Doman. Um, looking down the street, the houses are considerably kind of like nondescript, I'd have to say. Your house would be very distinct, okay? So, I mean, and I'm not here to comment on what I prefer architectural style is, but, but your house would be significantly different from any other house on the block. You realize that, of course, you've been down there. Do you feel comfortable with this? Because you're going to be looking at a lot of houses that are smaller, maybe older looking, not as, as modern as your house is. You're going to be very unusual, very distinct house. And that's, you know, I think size-wise and working with a lot, you've tackled that. But you have, uh, it'll, it's going to stand out. And, and obviously you are comfortable with this. Is that correct? Um, yes, um, I think what's important to note here is that what will be visible from the street will really just be the carriage house. Because of the slope, um, the main house is pretty much hidden behind it. And, you know, you will be seeing a relatively modest structure in comparison to the main house. Um, the carriage house, I believe, fits well with the other houses in the neighborhood. Um, it has the similar clapboard siding. Um, and while the color is maybe a bit more modern, um, the style, I think, fits well with the other houses next to it. Any other questions? Um, I have a request. Commissioner. If staff could call or pull up the photograph of the adjacent house and its relationship to the lot, okay. Um, so where you have your front carriage house, is that kind of in line with the front of the adjacent house or is it actually in front of closer to the street? I can't quite tell. Um, it's pretty much in line with that house. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yep. Okay. If there are no more questions, um, we will start our discussion. Uh, would anyone like to kick off the discussion? 
Well, welcome. Um, and as Chair Sutton said, um, these are suggestions, but there are, I lost count of how many architects are up here. There's a mechanical engineer up here. There's historians up here. Um, so um, take it as you will, um, but it's usually fairly good advice because we're all very experienced, a lot of years under our belts. Um, so if we see something, it's probably gonna be because we've had the displeasure of dealing with a problem before and wanna prevent you from having to deal with a problem. Um, I find this all very interesting because um, when I opened it up and looked at it you know, earlier this week, it was a really different house. I mean, it's the kind of house you don't see in this area except in certain neighborhoods that have more contemporary housing, um, certainly usually not in a historic district. Um, but the more I keep looking at it, and I was wondering about the whole carriage house view, you know, perspective of this, to me it felt very much more like a Georgetown uh, arrangement where you do have a carriage house that usually is now off of a, an alley, but it's a residence, you know, they've converted it. And that's what I went into this thinking about. But the more I look at this, your, your front elevation, I'm seeing a comparison to those little houses down the street, those little tiny, you know, Cape Cods. Um, in scale and in the simplicity of the elevation. Um, I'm not real crazy about the dormer on the top of the front facade simply because it's, it's very large and there is no slope to it. So it's looking more like an industrial uh, window than it is a dormer. Um, and I kind of wonder if there's some way to play with that a little bit to, well, I'll either raise the ridge of it, get rid of the the little thing on top. Kind of, it's looking very postmodern. Um, but eat, just raising the pitch of your dormer so it reads as a dormer, um, or break it so it looks like two separate dormers, like what's down the street. It, just thoughts. Um, and then the other thing I was thinking about was. Comparing this like to the McMansions across the street with their big old garage and big old garage door, and you've made this very small garage door, but a carriage house would have had two carriage entrances. And I just wonder if there's a way to play with the window on the other side. It, it, looking at the plan, it almost looks like that could possibly be a future garage if you need it. But if you play with that window proportion a little bit to make it look like a closed-in carriage door entrance. Um, you're not showing any gutters or downspouts yet, and I'm sure that's just because of where you are right now after this rain this week <laughs> and the one that's coming in, in Friday. Uh, you need them, um, trust me. Um, I am kind of curious about your, your inner courtyard. Um, we don't get a lot of snow here but we do get it, and when we get it, we get, usually get a lot of it. And it just occurred, when the first thing I thought of, gosh, wouldn't that be a lot of fun to get one of our two-foot snows, and you've got to shovel that out through your sunroom. So think about that. <laughs> and maybe, maybe what you want isn't so much as opening you know, normal swing doors, 
but maybe maybe sliding panel doors that slide completely to one side because when it snows, you've got to get that out someplace, someplace where when it melts, it's not melting back into your house. So deal with, think of that about that. Um, and I'm not really too concerned about what you do towards the back other than make sure that when you start cutting down all the trees you're going to need to take down for this, you don't realize you've, you're in full view of your backyard neighbors because they are there. So just make sure. Um, and the other thing, speaking of aging in place, there are so many cool elevators and stair lifts out there right I've now. I've already looked at them. Yeah, <laughs> fun <laughs> stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, so definitely there, there is a lot of fun stuff out there. Um, uh, you might want to consider um, softening. I, I'd be interested to see your drawings as they go further on um, to see softening of the front. Um, and that's probably with landscaping. And I'm just not sure yet how that's all going to work. But I think you can, I think for this front elevation, just a few tweaks and just be mindful of the realities of weather in this just in this mm -hmm. region is such a nuisance. Um, I, I could have some fun with this. Good luck. Anyone else? Commissioner Galway. Yes, Commissioner Galway. Um, when I look at it, and, and I thank you for bringing it to us uh, for a review, when I look at it, the front elevation from your light down, I think it's just adorable. I really, I really like it. But I also think, like Commissioner uh, Burdett mentioned, there's something about your clear story that looks very industrial, and maybe there's something you could do with that. Um, but it's just, it's just not quite settling right with me. And I, I think maybe possibly your gable ends maybe create more of a, a of a slope by maybe bringing that closer to to your you know, bringing that down cutting that back you know toward the front of the house a little bit more might might actually do something but in general I think in, in terms of the form the size uh, the the placement a few of the things that we were asked to look at I, I think you're on the right track and given given the slope um, you know you're, we're not going to see most of this house from the street and I think from that standpoint um, you know, the, the, the grade does work with you. There's no question about that. Um, but that's my comments. Thanks. Commissioner Pelletier. Thank you. Um, the more I stare at this, the more it grows on me. I think when I first saw it and then I drove down the street, I thought it didn't really fit in. But I think it kind of does. And I, I, I would like to see y you get rid of that thing on the top. <laughs> Um, I don't really think it's it's doing anything. You've got this great dormer up there that's going to get a lot of light, and and uh, I was going to call you Karen. What's your last name, Commissioner Burdett? I think she's she's right in that it's kind of weirdly postmodern with the arch, it and it doesn't. The rest of the elevation is really tight and it's really, you know, I I like. The proportions are nice and everything, and then you sort of plop this thing on the top that I don't, I don't think you gain anything from that. I mean, you might bring some more light into the space up above, but you got so much light in that space. Mm -hmm. I just don't think you need that or any of the little arch details that you've got, like on the side windows. 
I just don't think they're working for you because it's a very, you get a very geometric elevation. It's very rectilinear. You've got all the horizontal siding. I think it's, it's, it's really nicely dealt with. And, and all the arch things are really throwing me off. So I would encourage you, you can do what you want. I would encourage you to just get rid of those because I, I don't think you need them. I think they're added design that doesn't really, it doesn't really go with the rest of it. Um, I like the internal courtyard as a concept, but I agree you're going to have weather issues. So just slope it, slope it <laughs> so it drains. And, and maybe, yeah, maybe consider putting some, some heat in that slab so that you don't get um, snow in there. Um, but I think you may have issue. I don't know if you've checked with... Um, Montgomery County about the pervious cover or impervious cover, but you may have too much. So that may be an issue when you go for permitting. Um, I think the way it steps down the hill and everything, I think everything you're trying to do is, is cool, and I, I hope you can make it work. I don't see any mechanical space in your plan, which you're going to need. Um, That's on the bottom floor. Oh, is it? Yes. Did I miss it? Okay. Um, it's underneath the patio. The, the patio is the oh, second floor. Oh, oh, oh. Then the very bottom. Um, all right. Where it says. Drainage and plumbing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and the, the only other thing I, I would like to see when I look at the section, and this is just purely a design suggestion, has nothing to do with historic, is to somehow incorporate all the roofs. Like you've got a, you've got a side gable, and then you've got this other really wedgy thing going on. But then you have this other wedgy thing kind of down, you know, at the bottom near the creek. If somehow all those could kind of line up, and then they break, you know, where mm -hmm. you've got your outdoor spaces. But to, it would be nice to see the integration of the massing on the side because I do think when you're coming down the street. That's a view you're going to get. You know, that, that pink thing next door is not going to totally hide. And mm -hmm. I think it's a feature. I think it's something that you're trying. It's like a very, it's a, it's a big move, you know. And I think, I think you, if you lowered, maybe lowered, I don't know, maybe pitched up the gable a little and maybe lowered the big wedgy thing so that all those roofs kind of aligned all the way down to the creek. I think that would be really cool. That's just my suggestion. Yes. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Thank Anyone you. else? Commissioner Haynes? Um, <clears throat> I concur with the previous comments. Uh, I think your, your fenestration um, needs, needs more work, meaning you have industrial looking windows in the front, but on the other side, uh, they're, they're um, uh, just clear glass panes, so sort of pick a direction you know, because um, I think that's what part of the disjointedness of the carriage house with the main house. Um, I think getting rid of the monitor is a good suggestion. It's really not doing you anything. You've you got plenty of windows. you got them both sides of that upper level. Um, uh, it's certainly not going to help. You're going to get a lot of solar heat gain through that monitor, so I think that's just not necessary. I think the scale of the front elevation, street facing elevation 
is kind of stuck between a Cape Cod and something more modern. Maybe the slope of the uh, side-facing gable needs to be steeper or that, that soffit line needs to come down a little bit. That might help with your dormer uh, pitch. I, I don't know where your floor line is precisely of that second floor, but I, I would like, I think if that soffit line came down, that could bring your dormer line down, get some pitch on that roof, um, would be better scaled to the, the streetscape. Um, I don't know where you're putting your elevators, but you better plan for that because you're going to be going up and down all the time. Um, I think you've got a lot of hard... Oh, I also agree with the arch or the semicircular windows. They just don't make any sense architecturally in this design. Um, it's way too contemporary for any arch windows with muttons. Um, some of the proportion of your windows on the side elevation, I know you're trying to minimize the views facing the, uh, the adjacent neighbors, but again, they seem unproportioned to some of the, the other areas of, of the house, so I'd ask you to take a look at that. I do think you have an awful lot of hardscape. Um, the steps running along this, the, the property line, maybe that could be reduced where you come down and you get on that upper level terrace and then you use that main staircase to come down as opposed to having two staircases that take up lots of uh, um, um, provide a lot of hardscape and, and uh, you know I like the idea of the, the trellis and the, the uh, terrace off the back is very nice it's very private um, I don't know if there's any connection to the stream I see a wall you basically have walled in the backyard which for privacy I understand but if there might think about how you connect to that stream. I don't know what the condition of that stream is, if it's even worth having some connection to that, but um, um, it seems like that might be worth, and, and also the extension of your property um, to have some gesture towards uh, the rest of the, the property to it for your enjoyment. Um, um, I do agree with the massing. It feels a little bit disjointed from the carriage house to the main house. Uh, as uh, has been previously stated, and I think maybe, you know, look at that uh, again, maybe a little bit. Um, but overall, you have a sloping site. Your design responded to the sloping site, and um, I think it's, it's on its, well on its way, but just needs some refinement at this point. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? If not, I have a couple things. Um, first of all, I can't tell, but if the roof uh, on the carriage house is flat, I would recommend not having a flat roof. And second, I think one of the characteristics, I unfortunately did not have a chance to go there this time around. I remember seeing the house that was there originally, um, just before we, we reviewed it. But I think one of the characteristics of the district um, that is not with every house, but with several, is that there are two dormers. And I think if you replace the, the top piece with two dormers, that I think would fit nicely in the neighborhood, and that would be my only suggestion. Um, I, th I think this, the, the thing that you have going for your design and your house is that um, the neighborhood is very eclectic. And I think adding this um, to the neighborhood would actually be a nice, a nice addition um, that I think would really complement the rest of the district. So I, uh, 
compliment you on your on your design work. And if there, oh, Commissioner Burdett. Um, and I would like to say it was nice to hear the reference to Dr. Sewell, because when this when the demolition came through, and I was doing some research on that. And it was just a really amazing story, and it would be really nice to see he, him remembered more publicly because he's one of the forgotten people in the county, and it would be nice to see him more, pub, more public. So thank you. Can I say one more? <laughs> oh, here we <laughs> Commissioner no, just, Pelletier, we just cannot hold her down. I know. I just wanted to say I agree with the plaque idea, so I would encourage you to to pursue that. The one thing I meant to say before was the entry to the carriage house. It looks like a dark, low, scary space. If there's any way to bring some light down from all that light you're going to have in that room above, like glass floor, something to get some light down in that, that entry space, I think it just needs to be thought out a bit. But... That's all. I'm done. Thank you. Um, what I would recommend, um, I, th I think we're, I, uh, my sense is that we're fairly comfortable uh, with it, with some, with some changes here and there. Um, I, I personally think it's probably with some changes uh, ready for a hop, but I will leave it to staff. Um, if you feel like um, it's ready for a hop, great. If you think it would be, it would be advantageous to come before us for another preliminary uh, I think that would be fine too. So we will leave it. If anybody has an objection, I, I would leave it to staff uh, to determine whether uh, it should go ahead as a hop or as a, another preliminary. Um, okay. The, thank you very much um, for coming here. Uh, all of all of our conversations are recorded, so you can have everything that we've said will you will be available, right. and of course, staff will be available to you as well. So thank you so much. We look forward to seeing this. Thank you so much. Good luck. Next step, yeah, Next step is <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll take in your, your, your suggestions and incorporate them. And, and we'll talk out here. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thank you. Happy New Year. Okay, next item on our agenda is minutes from December 20. This is Commissioner Burdett. I have read the minutes, and I make a motion that we approve the minutes of Wednesday, December 20th, 2023. And this is Chair Sutton. I read them as well, and I second your motion. I, uh, would make, I'd like to make a suggestion change to the minutes, if I may. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, would you like to withdraw your motion? I will withdraw my motion, Okay. Yes. All right. On the... On the subcommittee on alternate materials, comma, flooring, there's a statement in there that says, master plan sites, real wood, even treated wood, comma, like Akoya is okay for in-kind replacement, period. I'd just like to drop the last part of that sentence <coughs> and just say, master plan sites, real wood, even treated wood, period, and drop the reference to a specific wood wood type out of the out of the minutes. Would, would you would you um, accept him making a motion, Commissioner Doman? Those were that is an accurate representation of the discussion at the subcommittee. Now I understand tonight the subcommittee members, you know, had further discussion about amending it, 
but that is an accurate representation of what was what was discussed at that time. It's not a decision, it's just a discussion. It's just capturing what you all said. Yeah. Whether okay. you agree with it or not. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I just thought I just thought we did not specify specific woods in in our discussion. But I stand corrected. Okay, so I'm mm -hmm. going to make my motion again that we approve the meeting minutes of Wednesday, December 20th, 2023. And this is Chair Sutton, and I second the motion. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain? Thank you. Uh, next item on our agenda are commission items. Does anyone have a commission item? And staff items, I believe there are two, and one of them will be by Brian Crane, our archaeologist, who I believe is on the line, correct? Yes, he is. Uh, Brian, can Brian. you introduce yourself for the record? Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. Uh, good evening. Uh, for the record, uh, my name is Brian Crane, a staff archaeologist for the Historic Preservation Program. Can we share out the staff screen? I have the PowerPoint up here. And I'll make sure I, Brian I've can got, see it. Oh, Brian, do you um, want to share um, out from I, home? Yeah, I can share out from, okay. from home. Okay, never mind. It's all right. All right, Brian will share out his screen. We'll make sure that's working. Okay. We can see all it. Right. Great, okay. Um, good evening. Uh, as I said, I am Brian Crane, staff archaeologist for the Historic Preservation Office. Uh, I'm reporting to you the results of the archaeological investigations carried out as a condition of Hop for Hayes Manor. Uh, Hayes Manor um, uh, was built in about 1767 for Anglican minister Alexander Williamson and was listed on the Montgomery County Master Plan for Historic Preservation because it is considered one of the best preserved examples of 18th century Georgian architecture in Maryland. The owner, Howard Hughes Medical Institute, proposed to renovate the house as a home for the Institute's president, which required a hop. The work proposed involved alterations to the building as well as to the surrounding landscape. This slide lists the proposed work surrounding the, uh, surrounding the building that had a potential to disturb unrecorded archaeological features and artifacts potentially significant for the site. And that was the cause for wanting to add an archaeological condition to the hop. In order to identify whether significant features or artifacts were present within the proposed limits of disturbance, Approval of the hop was conditioned on completion of an archaeological investigation. Staff recommended that the applicant adopt a phased study approach, including a combination of shovel test pit excavations and geophysical investigations across the whole limits of disturbance. The STPs are, were designed to find concentrations of artifacts, while the geophysical investigations were designed to find buried concentrations of metal as well as pavements or foundations. This slide shows the result of these, uh, that initial phase of investigations. Those initial investigations found four areas that warranted further archeological testing. This second uh, phase consisted of hand excavated units located in areas of interest designed to expose subsurface features 
and collect a larger sample of artifacts. Features are remnants of past buildings, such as walls or foundations, or areas of discrete activity, such as a trash pit or post hole. Geophysical survey north of the house identified potential outbuilding foundations near where historical research suggested a possible circa 1817 ice house. Geophysical survey identified possible layers of brick and stone pavers adjacent to the entrance porch on the south facade and a possible undocumented outbuilding in the vicinity of the circular drive and associated stormwater management area. Lastly, the work identified a concentration of cut nails in the vicinity of proposed stormwater management work along the northern portion of the south drive that could have been associated with an outbuilding that lacked a substantial foundation. Testing in the north yard near a former ice house found a concrete cinder block feature. Ceramics consistent with the 18th and 19th centuries were also found, but in uh, much later disturbed contexts. Excavation next to the front steps also did not find any evidence of earlier foundations or features associated with house steps or a porch. Excavations in the center of the south yard where geophysical anomalies suggested a possible structure found no features and a shallow light scatter of artifacts spanning the occupation of the site. Finds appeared to be more consistent with a, a workyard setting rather than a dwelling or other outbuilding. None of these finds were considered significant to the site as a whole and no further archaeological work was recommended. By contrast, excavation in the southwest yard uncovered a portion of a brick pier foundation and a collection of domestic artifacts, nails, window glass, ceramics, buttons, food remains, and bottle glass, for example. Uh, the architectural artifacts, nails, and window glass were consistent with an early 19th century construction date, while the remainder of the artifacts appeared to span a broader range from the late 18th to late 19th centuries. The breadth of items, including food scraps, vessels for food preparation and consumption, as well as clothing, showed that this building was most likely a dwelling. It is likely that the structure found in the Southwest, oh, well, let me back up one second. Um, let me, uh, I'm not sure if you can see, do you see my mouse moving around? Uh, no, well, feature three, is a brick um, a brick pier foundation and and how that relates to a structure you'll see in the next slide it is likely that the structure found in the southwest yard area was a small single-story building with a few windows which sat on brick piers like the one shown here from georgetown delaware the one found at hayes manor was likely smaller and of simpler construction than this one the Williamson and Dunlop families enslaved between 14 and 37 people from the 1760s until emancipation. Based on its size, date, and location, this building was most likely a dwelling for an overseer or some of the enslaved people employed in work in or around the mansion house. Building on, um, oh, the, the, and this is a, the example is a, at the William uh, Still Interpretive Center in uh, Georgetown, uh, Delaware. 
A building potentially used as an enslaved person's dwelling is clearly significant for the understanding and interpretation of this important historic site. Thus, staff recommended either redesigning the stormwater management feature to avoid impacting it, or data recovery excavations in this area prior to construction. HHMI chose to preserve the dwelling site, and stormwater management features originally planned for the vicinity of the dwelling structure shown at left were redesigned to avoid significant archaeological features. At right is the revised design as approved by the HBC last October. The consultant prepared a detailed final report in compliance with the hot conditions and filed a revised archaeological site report with the Maryland Historical Trust. The report includes background, history, a description of the, all the methods used, and detailed results. It recommends that the archaeological site component of Hayes Manor be el considered eligible for the National Register of Historic Places under criteria A and D both for its association with the, the colonial, uh, colonial and early national settlement of Montgomery County and for the information potential associated with the, the dwelling site found. The site form includes references to the report and provides archaeologists with a detailed summary of the findings and will be available to support uh, future research in the region. And uh, that's my quick summary and I'm happy to go over any questions that you may have. Um, I also have a, a, a copy of the, the report that I can share on screen if anybody wants to see that. Any questions for Brian? Thank you so much. This is a, this is really a wonderful site. I, I actually lived not too far from it and I didn't know it was there until we started looking at it. So this is this is great. Thank you so much for your presentation. Um, you're welcome. Okay, next, um, I'll find my notes here somewhere. Um, Bethesda Community Store and Bethesda Meeting House, um, Rebecca. Thank you, Chair Sutton. Um, I'd like to just add really briefly also my thanks to, to Brian Crane and also to Dan for working on um, this aspect of the Hayes Manor project um, and working so closely with Howard Hughes and their, and their team. Um, I'd wanted Brian to present this out tonight because I'd wanted the HPC to see as well kind of the end result of these conditions that you've made. And now that we're fortunate enough to have our own archaeologist on staff in the planning department instead of relying on, you know, the, the parks archaeologists as they may be able to help us with regulatory review, we're putting more of these conditions for archaeology on these properties that held people in slavery. You know, this was a landscape that was occupied for a long time. We didn't know what, what might be found out there and to have such a significant find as the result of the condition from the HPC that the applicant supported, I think is a really wonderful outcome for preservation for this site and, and for the legacy of this property. So also I wanted to thank the HPC for going forward with that condition. And then as we condition you know, more properties as appropriate, we may have more findings like this. So we thought this was just a great project. Yeah. Oh, not again. Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> what happens to these excavations once they find what they've found? Brian, are you still on? Uh, yeah, I'm still here. Uh, 
So um, the in this case, the the dwelling feature is is being preserved in situ, um, and I and I should have added in the presentation that that um, it it's it's fairly rare to have uh, slave dwelling sites that get excavated in in Maryland. There are, there are there are other examples, but really maybe only one other one in the, in the county, and that would be at the Josiah Henson House. So, but anyway, so it's a it's quite valuable in that regard. Um, the report is on file with the Maryland Historical Trust, along with the amended uh, site form. Uh, the the artifacts belong to uh, to HHMI. Um, the we and the and the consultant did um, recommend that they curate those at the Maryland Maryland Archaeological Conservation Laboratory. But that's that'll be up to HHMI whether they do so or not. The the, the collection was was prepared in a manner that it could be curated at the Mac lab. But anyway, so the, uh, the information from the excavations is, is discoverable and usable by um, other archeologists working in the region. The, the Maryland Historical Trust uh, shares that data uh, through their, uh, um, excuse me, their Medusa um, online GIS. Our archeological site information is, is considered uh, confidential and only available to to uh, professional archaeologists, but it is um, with a with the proper credentials that the the data are are um, discoverable and usable. So hopefully, will be used by archaeologists studying um, the 18th and 19th century in the Chesapeake. So you don't stake out where, like, do you just fill in where you dug? Yeah. And and put it back the way. That oh it yeah. Is. Oh okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, this, I know, but but chart. like you don't stake the corners or you know sort of give yourself a clue as to where it was or I don't know. Just Brian, do well, they put do down have... like erosion cloth or something and then fill it in or is it just filled? That's a good question. I, I don't recall whether they used erosion cloth in, in, in this case or not. Mm -hmm. But um, we do have detailed maps of, of um, everywhere that, that Graham Pape, Graham Pape is the archaeological consultant. We have detailed maps of everywhere they, they oh, dug, okay. so we can okay. reestablish the, the location very easily. Okay, thanks. I won't ask any more questions. No, <laughs> no that's fine. Any questions Do are fine. I'm going to follow up on your question, though, <laughs> if I may, because this is also incredibly useful for the property owner as well. You know, as Brian said, even though the property dates to us, you know, the, the period of significance really starts in the 18th century, this is useful for the property owner to know not just that this resource is in that specific location, but it is proven there is the potential for, you know, other resources of that era to still be extant some, you know, right. somewhere. So as we, you know, as they do other other work or build other buildings, I imagine this is a condition that we would come back and recommend that they do, you know, further archaeological investigations to see what they've got out there. Yeah, and, and as well, we also identified areas of, of uh, the landscape that, that are not intact mm -hmm. uh, and where, you know, additional modifications could be done without uh, risk to archaeological features. So there was a lot of value for them and for us in terms of uh, future site planning. If there are no more questions. <laughs> so I do, had, I do have two other updates briefly. One is about the Bethesda Community Store, um, that it has been some, some time. Um, the last 
that the HPC heard a preliminary consultation from them and some of our commissioners went out on site to look at the building that had been gutted and there was temporary bracing and framing put up on the interior and a little bit of, of the exterior. Just wanted to give a brief update um, from the team that was working on it. They did um, get back in touch with me in the fall to say that they had installed diagonal bracing inside the building per the structural engineer's suggestion, and they had sent me some photographic documentation of that that I have in the file. Um, they were looking to move ahead with next steps with their tenant and to get the timeline together. Essentially, they were working up a full budget for construction, um, and they were investigating two options. One was to renovate the existing building only, and then the second was to renovate the existing building with an expansion pending the HPC's approval of the design. The second option involves zoning issues and a potential site plan in order to allow the expansion, and they just haven't landed on something yet. But I wanted the commission to know I'm checking in with them quarterly because since they gutted the building, you don't want to leave the building, you know, gut it and just sort of sitting out there. Um, so I am checking in on it. I just wrote um, to to their team this week asking for another update because they'd said they would be moving on something by the end of the year. We're now in January, so I hope to have an update for you, you know, in the next quarter, if not a hearing scheduled for a preliminary consultation to move this forward. Are there any questions about that one? No? Okay. Um, <laughs> And then for the Bethesda Meeting House, I had the, you know, very good news to be able to forward to the commission the press release from the Bethesda Historical Society that they have been able to purchase the Meeting House properly, property. Um, it finally, it, it closed right at the end of the year. They have recorded title on it as of, I think it was 10 days ago. My team has met with them on site consistently, you know, throughout this process, um, and we just met with them, you know, I think it was within the last two weeks, we were out there on site looking at the condition of the rectory, of the meeting house, coming up with a punch list of items for like immediate emergency stabilization of the buildings, looking at the condition of the grounds, and then more long term within the next, you know, three to six months, what should they be looking for and, and budgeting for. So it's very exciting. I'm very, very happy. Um, to see the property moving into this next phase with this wonderful new steward. So I wanted to give you an update and answer any questions you have about it, but yay, it's great. It's really good news. <laughs> yeah, it is. Great. Anything else? If no. not, meeting is adjourned. And Happy New Year to everybody.